Welcome to the More Business, More Life podcast. This show is for socially conscious leaders, entrepreneurs, CEO founders that have found success, but they yet they don't have the ideal life that they would like. And what we're going to do is bring in concepts and systems so that we can increase business with millions of additional revenue while lowering our work hours, ideally below 40 hours a week. We call this more business, more life. And it's an and, not an or. We don't have to have either or. We can actually systemize this to have both. And those are the concepts we're going to come with each episode. Sometimes we might talk a little bit more about business, sometimes more life, most of the time, both. <laughs> so welcome to the show. Welcome to the More Business, More Life podcast. And here we are rounding out the end of 2023. So whatever you're listening to this, even if you're years ahead and you're looking back in the archives of this, you're going to glean some things about how uh, we all choose to slow down at the end of the year, reflect, learn from what we learned from the the year that we're ending and what do we do leading up to the new year. So this is something that's timeless. Even though we recorded this in 2023, you can take this and really learn some things. And, and we talk about old traditions, new traditions, and how do we make meaning to really celebrate the end of the year and celebrate coming into the new year in a good way and an amazing abundant way so we hope you glean some good ideas or a few small ideas that can change um, the value of your holiday season for you and your family and your loved ones and we love you and we hope you enjoy this podcast so here we go i'm joined uh, by melissa barrett stephanie vetter and giovanni godina and I am Steve Nopleton, if this is your first time listening, or the second or the third or whatever amount of time. Here we are. Love having all of our community and being a part of the More Business and More Life podcast. We are very passionate about us all having more business and more life, and that's why we do this podcast. And we also have a newsletter that you can join for free. You just have to text wow w-o-w to 72,072000 and then text the word wow w-o-w and then you can join our newsletter the reason we do all this is because we want everyone to have more business and more life right now without sacrificing and the reason i bring this up right now is because we're coming to the year end here it's getting real close to 2023 at the time that we're recording this, coming to an end. And really, if you're listening to this in 2024, 2025, or sometime in the future, this, to me, is some of the things we're about to talk about are ongoing. There's something that you can use every year. And so my family, as we look at tradition, and I know Melissa will be able to speak to some of this too. Like when I met Melissa and, and her husband, Pete, who has is with us spiritually he has left his body but they also were looking for new traditions with their family and they found kwanzaa and were able to do that annually and so today i want to talk about like some of these year-end traditions and in addition to celebrating spirit and whatever religion that you're celebrating a lot of us celebrate at the end of the year and from my wife is a big researcher and a lot of times the reason that these celebrations came is because it's darker. And obviously this is 
again, more northern hemisphere. So if we're talking globally, it is different, right? I did spend time in Australia and it is funny to have a summer Christmas Santa Claus with shorts on and that they have all these kind of themes over there. The, the, so the in northern hemisphere on December 21st, it is the shortest day of the year. So the least amount of sun and the longest darkness. And so in that, that's why the winter solstice traditionally, and this is way back when, was about slowing down. Like just, and, and that's a beautiful thing. If you look at that metaphor for us as we're reflecting on the year. And so my family, we decided to make that, try to celebrate the seasons. I think sometimes we forget about the seasons and going the, the summer solstice and the fall equinox. We try to recognize those turning points as we teach our children the different seasons as well. Well, the winter solstice is the beginning of winter, but like I said, it's the shortest day of the year. So we take that day to really reflect. So as a family, we all sit together and we talk about gratitude. What are we most grateful for is a great starting point. What are we grateful for for this past year? What are the highlights? And it's really interesting to sit together and notice what each person they're grateful for. And it can be totally different things. Even though we all live in the same household, we are so different in the way our perspectives. And so it's really good getting to know each other and noticing what's important. Because if you want to pour your love into the people in your lives, knowing them would help right like so then you know what they are curious about and i we have to remind ourselves we're all growing i've had to tell myself this that i'm not married to the same woman every year like she is becoming a new person as i'm changing as well and as our children are growing too we all become new things every year we add new things uh, the core may remain the same but the new things come and then we use that time to reflect and start between the 21st and New Year's, January 1st. We start unpacking. We do a lot on the 21st. We kind of set the tone of where we are and a lot of reflection. And then we start to dream. So then even that night, the night of the 21st and on the way to the 1st, we all start dreaming. Like, what do we want next year to look like? What are the things that we learned this past year that we want to take advantage of next year or use or leverage. And we start saying these things out loud. And so then by New Year's Eve, we're celebrating those new ideas and bringing it in as a family. And I can extrapolate this further, but I just, I'm going to pause myself, but I just, we're bringing this up for like, what are you going to do? Because there's an intention in it. So I guess I'll conclude with that. What intentions are you going to set with yourself or the loved ones that are surrounding you? As you're slowing down, that's the whole idea of that darker day. It's not a working day as much, right? You're going to work less with the sun. So traditionally, before we had all these lights and fixtures and electricity, unless you're a really wealthy, wealthy family, like burning one ca candle a night was expensive. So you would snuff that candle out if you want. How much light do you want around dinner? And then put the candle out and go to bed. And so... The circadian rhythms, we would slow down in that darkness. And and the winter solstice this is a day to really, really do that. So I guess just curious, first of all, like with everyone, Melissa, Stephanie, and Giovanni, are there any things that you have in tradition as it comes to the end of the year? And then how and if you reflect on the previous year or this year going into the next? 
feel like Melissa should start with this because she has such a big tradition that she does. And I love when she talks about it and I love to learn more about it. I'm going to nudge you. <laughs> You're on mute. All right. Well, not a challenge accepted. No. <laughs> so I guess as Steve mentioned, we as kind of newer parents, and this was obviously years ago because now I have eight grandchildren almost seven and one on the way. But I think for us, we uh, were looking for new traditions just because we got just really tired of the commercialization of Christmas. It was kind of like every time you looked around, whether it was at work or with family, it was, it was tended to be get more about the presents or something instead of really the gratitude and appreciation. And so a friend of ours, Cynthia, so shout out to Cynthia. She actually brought us over to her aunt's house and her aunt was celebrating Kwanzaa. And it, it really helped us get rooted and grounded in the culture because it is an African-American celebration, but it's based upon the African first fruit celebration. So it was really about harvesting the people kind of bringing together the most valuable products of the nation. That's kind of how, what Kwanzaa is from an, from an African standpoint, it's kind of a living and, and it really focused on the living human harvest when we talk about Kwanzaa. So it's like our greatest, our greatest commodity is our people, right? If you think about a country. And so they really focused on creating a celebration that would allow for not only people to come together to really reaffirm and reinforce their family, community, and culture, but really kind of focus on giving reverence for the creator and creation, commemorating the past, and then really focusing on recommitting ourselves to our highest ideals and celebrating the good. So it is a celebration and it's based on first fruit celebrations in Africa, but it was really created from an African-American standpoint to really challenge Black people's lives based on the challenge that we've had in our culture. And so it is really set to bring forth the best of our culture, both ancient and current, really pulling in our history, our ancestors, and really kind of making sure that we continue the tradition to become models of human excellence and enrich and expand our world. So that's really what Kwanzaa is. And I think it spoke to both Peter and I in a way that was maybe different for both of us from an experience standpoint, but Peter was also a, an, a, a master student of history. And so he would kind of take it and he really embodied the the holiday and the celebration in a way that allowed him to also perform because he was an artist and a performer so it became kind of this platform for not only bringing family and friends together to celebrate but also for him to also tell stories and really kind of make sure that we know our own stories both as african americans but also making sure that other people are attending and so that they can learn from it as well. So I'll stop there because I could go on for eight or 10 hours. 
I mean, that's like how many topics like this, Melissa, that we have so much depth and it's so beautiful to bring that. And I guess I wonder, like being the first fruit, depending on what part of Africa you're in, this goes back to what part of the hemisphere you're on. So if you're in the Southern hemisphere, then this time period would be going into their summertime. So going from spring into summertime and, and then obviously Africa being such a big continent, you'd have both. Uh, like so in the northern part of Africa they would be going into their winter right but remember where they harvested and and when they created Kwanzaa was really based on when the fruit when the harvest was was coming in right but Kwanzaa itself was created in 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 the United States I mean from from our version of Kwanzaa I should say <laughs> And so the fact that it runs between the 26th through the 1st, the 26th of December through the 1st of January, is really just highlighting specific days where we are focusing on specific principles that reinforce those throughout our history. So the the opportunity for us to reflect and reset for our new year is really why it's kind of sitting in that window which goes back to the solstice and everything i just said too so and that's what we noticed that's what jen is my wife's name we noticed in all in so many traditions worldwide like globally whatever you're celebrating it's in that period of time of like what you just said melissa it's reflecting on all these subjects and these core principles and then noticing what we want like the good you, how you, I think you said it, Melissa, and amplifying that as you move into the new year and like what new decisions are you going to make a, as a community, as a family, and as an individual, right? Like how can you uh, contribute on all those levels? So I think it's a beautiful celebration. And then, like you said, the commercialization of these holiday period it has taken away some of those things. So that's that, that was why we were seeking the same thing, Melissa. That's why we decided to highlight the the solstice uh, in in that same way. I guess this goes back to the words we use and the things we celebrate, how close they are. Sometimes we think because of a certain word or what religion you are that we're so far apart. But if you look at all the people at a closer look, uh, this is a tradition in a global sense in many different religions, communities, countries, that are doing the same thing. We're all slowing down at the end of the year, contemplating what we learned, what feedback do we have, and and then what new decisions are we going to make for next year. So I think it's it's good, and it gets back to the root of the spirit of thanking where we come from and and the spirit in our life and the spirit that uh, creates and also uh, our own our own choices in that. It just brings all that back up and brings us back to our core. Like, what are we doing instead of just going through the motion and, oh, I better get gifts for everyone. You're, you're slowing down enough to be wiser. If that, and that, that's a big theme for us to slow down, see more and make new decisions. That's where we become wiser. Yeah. I thought you did that on purpose. Melissa, Melissa's, wearing an African shirt and uh, you knew we were going to record this podcast. We've been planning this for like months to do this. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. 
right. <laughs> the wrong well, M word. Yeah. Not the, months. Months. Minutes. Minutes. Moments. Yeah. Like, that's how we roll here. We're like, get on. And we're like, what are we talking about today? No, but so, <laughs> spiritually, you knew, Melissa. You knew. Yes. Well, it's not like I, I can show up in African all times of the year. So you never know what I could be wearing. But yes, I'm representing today. That brings to the point of Kwanzaa every day. So while we're highlighting this at a certain period of time, maybe we should talk about that. These are principles that we take year round to. That's why we do plan tomorrow today. We slow down enough to reflect on what happened today and what are we going to do tomorrow. But at the end of the year, uh, celebrating Kwanzaa, celebrating uh, solstice, celebrating Hanukkah, celebrating Christmas, whatever you're celebrating, I'm missing like more. Of course, there's so many different rituals. But if you look at them, over, if, again, if you look at them all and you look at the patterns, is one thing, slowing down, reflecting, learning, making new decisions. And that's why I like that idea that you and Peter came up, Melissa, is, I don't know if it was Peter or you, or like, but Kwanzaa every day. I think for us, when we started Kwanzaa, we would gather up all these things and then we'd celebrate Kwanzaa and it was fun and we'd focus on the principles of unity and self-determination, collective work and responsibility. I mean, all of the principles. And then we put it away. And then we come back next year and I go, wait, what are the principles again? <laughs> and so we started realizing like, well, there are principles that can be used all the time. So we should make them and bring them to the forefront of our mind all the time instead of pulling them out of the closet once a year on December 26th through January 1st. And so that's kind of how Kwanzaa Every Day was born because Peter and I were like, yeah, if we if we do it more every day, then we don't have to like remember what it was a year from now <laughs> because it's like built into how we live our daily life. So that's how it, it came about. And, and how empowering that is because the principles are so beautiful and they bring so much life. And so in a really good way. So you could see how much more life-giving it is if you if you do that. Maybe we won't have time today to go into all the principles, but what you need to know is it's the core essential pieces that you're slowing down and reflecting and you're looking at what you what you're going to do ahead and all of it in good and good. Like how are you going to help yourself next year? How are you going to help your family? How are you going to help your community? Right. And you just kind of ripple out. And then, and, and then there's so many layers within that, that we could go deeper on. I, we could do a whole podcast on like every little piece of this, but the idea of today, I guess, to kind of bring us back in the rooted effort what are what are we sharing here what we are sharing here is that you can take the time so really you just have to schedule it you have to take the time to pause and reflect and whether you're doing that by yourself and you're journaling or you're sharing with others which i think is so beautiful because we have so much to learn collectively and that's the beauty of what melissa's bringing up like just so everyone knows i mean this is like i think what you had the largest Kwanzaa for years in Northern California, I think, or is it in California yeah. or just Northern California? Just in Northern well, California. we 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 always said Northern. I don't know. I'm sure there are. We used to say the largest in home 
Kwanzaa celebration in Northern California. So there, there are other Kwanzaa celebrations that occur out in the community or at churches or other places. I'm sure they were bigger, but we we have a very large one. And, and Peter always wanted to make sure we had one at home because it's just a different kind of feel when you are gathering in your home versus when you're at a community center or somewhere else. Yeah. And, and you did this for decades. Yeah, we're coming up on 2023 20, or four, I think, this year. So it's been a while. And so this now, uh, other families are included. So that this can be with your immediate family that you can celebrate. This can be, and, and when I'm saying this, let's include all things. Like, so however your family wants to celebrate the year in, bringing that, and I think the thing that we're expressing here is like, in what way are you slowing down to reflect? So I guess maybe let's start there. If we broke it down, like you're slowing down to reflect, then you're going to make new decisions and then you're going to celebrate the good and what you're going to do moving forward is I kind of think are adjoining principles between what Melissa does and what my family does. And then maybe just adding to everyone here, what, what ways do you slow down and reflect at the end of the year? If Giovanni and Stephanie want to add anything else in on that, the, specifically on that part, slowing down and reflecting. I think in the past, it was something where I used to just try to work up until the last minute just to cram in as much work as I could for the year. And I would always do some sort of planning more like around career goals. What did I want the next year to look like? And I, we still do that. It's still important to do. But I think the biggest piece of this time of year, that slowdown is the togetherness. Like it's so busy all throughout the year. And then it gets even busier as we get close to this time of year. So it's almost like you're rushing to get to that place where you can just relax. So it's one of the things I love about the principles that, that we have brought into our lives, like through you, Steve, and then like what we teach our clients to have is like to plan that throughout the year. So it's not just like this race to get to the end of the year. And then we have a couple of days together and then we're off into the next thing. So I think it's such a great time to slow down to the effect that we're not just thinking about, okay, how can I make this time special this week, this two weeks, this day, whatever it might be that you're allowing yourself to have, but then how do we allow that to carry over? And it has everything to do with like how intentional we are because you're right. I think there's, our family is big. Like when we get together for Christmas Eve and Christmas, it's like 25 to 30 of us, a lot of kids. And so there's definitely an excitement around gifts and all of that. But even when I asked my kids this year, like, why is, why is this your favorite time of year? Cause they had shared that Christmas for us was their favorite time. And it was like the gifts. Yes. Like that's exciting. It's more the excitement of like opening them and like everybody's opening their gifts. Like we sit down in this huge room and they're just like circled and it's like one at a time. So there's like some attention on them and then they get to be thankful. They get to go over and thank that person. And then that person who gave them that gift gets to see them open it and have such joy. And so we do think that like, even though there's a commercialness around it, there is something special and just being able to give something. And it's not about how much it costs. And my kids even said like a little bit of a tangent. They're like, mom, are we poor? And I'm like, what makes you ask that? And she had asked if somebody else in our family was rich. And it was because of the 
expensiveness of the gifts that were being given. And I'm like, maybe we don't choose to give you the iPad or the this or the huge, really expensive gifts. The gifts are a little bit smaller. They're a little bit more intentional. And so it was interesting just to see how kids have that perspective of like, oh, who's rich and who's not. And it's really just how you choose to spend your money. But their their most favorite part was just like being together, like having everybody in one house, like being together, the celebration, the food, like the love, the energy that you feel, just the connectedness of like all being in a place, all without our phones, like just being present. And so I think that that is, a gift like to be able to have that and I love I think that's what I love most about it but I don't love like all that busyness and it's supposed to be this time where everybody's like more joyful and more kind and more giving and all of that yet you travel to the store and people are cutting you off because they're trying to get that last parking space so they could get their gifts so I think there's so much beauty in this season and it's all about like how you choose to take that in and celebrate in your life but it does have to be intentional you do have to or one schedule it like you said and then you do have to put some purpose around it like because otherwise it'll just come and go each year without much of a learning or much of a celebration or much of a like what are we going to do with this time or what are we going to learn from it and how are we going to take that into the next year to make it better more fulfilling more rewarding more abundance all of that so yeah, I don't know if I answered your question in any way, but I was just sort of thinking about what this time means for me, how I've celebrated it in the past from a personal standpoint, from like a professional standpoint, and how can that continue to involve the more aware we become of like how important it really is. Yeah. So let's pause real quick and take a break and we'll be right back. I just want to have an expression of gratitude right now for Pro Audio Voices. They're the ones that uh, produce my podcast and Becky and her team are amazing. And for those of you that know me, I'm all about wow clients, wow partners, and Pro Audio Voices is a wow partner for me. And if you want to learn more, you can go to proaudiovoices.com and you can learn about them. They also do audiobooks and they're just amazing people. Thank you, Becky. Thank you for sharing that, Stephanie. I think that's one of the reasons, like just hearing you reflect on all that, that was one of the reasons that we decided to do this extra day on the solstice. Because then it was, and that so far we've only celebrated that with us, just my children and my wife and I. And so, because there are so many travelers, like either coming or we're traveling, there's been so many different ways that we've celebrated around this time. And, and to have that day where we just actually slow down because you're totally right. Like you get to that day you're celebrating, it could be sped up because oh, we're preparing this food and then you're in the kitchen and you're doing this and you're doing that and before the day's over. yeah, We definitely turn ours into a couple of days, at least like Thanksgiving turns into a few days. We're like, okay, we're all in a room. What are all the other things that we can do while we're here? That's when our family gets together and we make raviolis for hours in the kitchen with all of the generations, which is super fun. So that is something we started how long ago that was, maybe 10 15 years ago. And that's something that the kids look forward to. And I love seeing that. Like, I love seeing my grandmother. So it's my daughter's great grandmother, like showing my daughter how to like use the old tools. And they're trying to keep some of that like history going. And then even for Christmas, then we eat them all on Christmas. That's like the big celebration. And everybody's like so excited. And there's like so much love in it. And so we talk about that a lot. I think like 
the intention around the food and like how much love goes into it when you're creating it or making it and who's there and then like when that goes in and how that feels. So yeah, I'm excited to have that piece of it and just to have some time, just to have that time to do, to find a new tradition or whatever it is, which we're going to have to do now because we're in a little bit of a different place and we're like, how is this going to (laughs) look this year? Like, how is that going to be when you have to travel? How about you, Giovanni? In what ways do you use the end of the year time, like either reflecting or or how or just how do you have any new or old traditions? Yes, I mean we being a newer uh, family unit, so our daughter's two, so we should be two for this. This is our third Christmas. We were because yeah, both my wife and I are not into the commercialism that Christmas has become. And so we are, I think, I think think the first year she was here, we kind of started trying stuff by being like brand new parents. Like there was not much time to really create something new, but I think we're still in the process of kind of solidifying and just coming up with new stuff. We've liked the kind, kind of the idea of the solstice too, like, and I started looking into more and more of why we celebrate or why we decorate and like what the meaning were, the original meanings behind the things that we do for Christmas. And so I was trying to find some things that would just help us come back to that reflective and just like slow down, pause, be grateful and try to more focus on that rather than the, the gift giving part of it, which is going to be, I think it's going to be tough this year because she just loves just opening the the I was gonna say the gifts that we get from from like Amazon and stuff like that, but the packages, she like just like loves opening the packages. But I guess they are a gift, right? If you can, if you're getting stuff, it's even if you paid for it yourself, it's still a gift. But she like loves doing that kind of stuff. But yeah, we, we both, my wife and I, we both want to have have more roots in having like a gratitude and being being more reflective. And 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 I think we're just still in the process of figuring that out ourselves and trying to replace that. We uh, we just recently went to the local mall. They had like a Christmas tree lighting, which blows my mind. It's, I haven't even got to Thanksgiving and everything's Christmas already, but they did that and like they had us, they have a Santa out already. And we're just like, what are we going to do on, on that one? So that's a discussion right now to, if we're going to bring, bring that guy into the mix of things, but we typically, though, I mean, I think very similar to how Stephanie was saying, it's like, it's always been the, like, just get to that point of the break part and then kind of just be in the moment of things. I think the last couple of years, though, have, we have intentionally slowed down just a little bit just to think about and set intentions and whether it was just for a brief moment or something like that, but we're at least trying to bring some of that stuff in. So nothing's set in stone as of yet, but, and then in past stuff, very similar to Stephanie's story as well, except for we do tamales instead of raviolis. You said raviolis, right? Yeah. And so, but very similar, all the generations in there, in the, in the t- this tiny, tiny kitchen, that's probably only fit for like three people. We have like 10 people in there. We have stations and nobody's moved up in the the 40 years I've been been on this planet I've still have the same position of 
of masa spreading. Your job and you do it well. I get it. We do that too. It's like, no, this is my job. That's your, you're over there. That's your job. Get territorial. There's not much room for growth in that business. It was very slow growth, but no, it's fun. But it's fun. It's like the whole family, like, and that's like, I think, like what was Stephanie saying? That's like the time to, they're slowing down because you're being with, with family a lot more than you typically are, right? Extended family and stuff like that. We live far away from everybody now, right? So we're in California. Most of our family is in Utah. And so it's like some years we make it out, some years we don't. Like this year, we're not going to make it out. And then it's coming back to like those new traditions and slowing down and like finding the, the gratitude and, and all that stuff like that. So it's the small things too, like the tamales and, and the ravioli. And for our family, we always had cannoli. We'd make the shells all together. A lot of times it was the weekend of Thanksgiving, much like how Stephanie's family makes the raviolis. And then this way, the rest of the holiday season, we can enjoy cannolis because then we just make the filling, put that in into the shells. And I, I guess it was similar reflecting. I never thought about it until both of you just shared. But the the elders would be the ones like rolling out the shells and there'd be all these other odd jobs. But then towards the end, they finally started to give way and I wish it was sooner, like in some parts of me, because I still feel like so inadequate, like rolling out the shells and like, it's such an art, like to get it just right and have the right shelf on there for the custard. And I almost think of cannolis every day, like in, in, in Melissa's idea of like practicing, like when we only make cannoli once a year, you can only be like an amateur. But if I want to be as good as my great grandfather, who like started the tradition in our family, he was the Sicilian pastry chef. They were making cannolis year round and and then you become like super duper at it. But the idea comes back to the intention, a way that we can honor our traditions, come together as a family, laugh together, break some cannoli shells. Those are the ones that we get to taste. So it always works out. You get the extra benefit. And yeah, oops, sorry, yeah, that one broke. <laughs> oh, let me eat that. Okay. I was the biggest one, always in trouble in the kitchen. I got chased by wooden spoon. You know, you see that old Italian grandmother with the wooden spoon. That really happens. It did in my generation. And you still got chased out of the kitchen. And I said, somebody's got to taste it as I ran out. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Got in so much trouble. But yeah, but I'll never, I'm so glad that we had those, those moments. And just even reflecting the small things, I think many of you that have been listening know that my father was a workaholic and during the holidays he worked in a fabrication in silicon valley so they like were building circuits and and computer chips and all these things way back when in the early infancy of of silicon valley and he, when the when the holidays came all the other uh, folks went home with their family and then that's when my dad updated all the systems and so he would end up working more in the holidays and i remember i just had this memory right now doing this podcast with you all, I was thinking of me being a kid as we were reflecting on what we want to bring to our children. And I remember one of the, one of the holidays that I remember the most, we got a cabin up in Tahoe and it was a crazy storm that year and we got snowed in and then my dad couldn't go back to work. And it was like the best time because we had no, like, 
the power was intermittent. Like we were like snowed in. I'm talking like if anybody's ever been in Tahoe or any snow community where snow is above the door, like you open the door and it was all snow. It was like that level of snow that year. And there, there was no going anywhere. Like we were just plummeted with snow. It was like, okay, we're inside. Luckily we have firewood. We're making fires. And then even everyone had to huddle up because the times that the power was out, then everyone's around the fire. So talk about the intimacy of your family. And this was an extended trip. So some of my aunts and uncles were there, cousins, and we were just like all there and had this huge extended holiday. And and I think that's the thing. Like we look at what are the things for our kids and we might think that it's the gifts. And I'm not uh, undermining that too. Like having a significant thing where you feel compelled to give it to someone else, there's a reward in that, just giving that. But I agree with everyone's sentiment here that it's has been over-commercialized. And then that there are some family units that that's all it is and then you look it's got a lackluster right it's like it's over you open all the gifts it's over nothing more there but what we're talking about is what's the spirit of it what are we all doing together how are we loving one another and then those smaller moments in the kitchen that we won't ever forget or being snowed in or whatever it is for you and your family remember the small things and i guess maybe just everyone reflect on that thing what holiday memories do you have and I chances are it's not remembering what gift you got in 1982. I doubt it. It's going to be whose arms were you wrapped in? Who are you hugging? Who are you sitting by the fire with? Who are you sharing stories with? What elder was telling you your family history? I don't know. I'm getting tingles in my body right now saying this, but that's what it is, right? It's just like gathering whether it's your immediate family, your extended family, or your community, your friends and loved ones, and taking the time, slowing down enough to share that time. And for some of the busy Americans or any other well, else in the world, we're so busy doing and making a living that this is sometimes for some people, which is sad. To me, it's sad. And I was there too. This is the time you get to slow down the most. I was just going to add before you leave there, because I know... This is a time of intense, many times people get together for with family, which is wonderful. And then there are lots of people that maybe don't have family or they lost family or it's a very depressing time. And I just wanted to add into the mix that it also can be a time where we, we reach out to others and if you happen to be by yourself, there are so many people that need you and your smile in order to make their day better. And so as much as there are traditions that you start, you can also create your new tradition and reach out to others and show them the way to gratitude, because I think that can be missed sometimes in all the hustle and bustle we forget people or overlook people so yeah i just wanted to add that no i think it's so good and just even to that point thinking about who you're so grateful for in the year and 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 don't overlook the small stuff like there are things that make our lives better right and it might be just a moment in time like the person that delivers the water 
to your house so that like for me i get spring water delivered in glass bottles and that i and actually i bless that man and his family every day when i'm getting my water i'm like thank you thank you so much to all of you that brought this water to my house but then how can we acknowledge it even more at the end of the year like what and this goes back to the everyday part. We can do this every day, but then sometimes we need those reminders. So I think that helps in what you're saying, Melissa, because we could like overlook certain things and you don't know that someone is alone this holiday and how can you reach out? And then definitely if you're alone, like sometimes when we're alone, we think we're intruding, but, uh, but you're, you're not like people would welcome you more than you think, more than you think. That's a great, I'm so glad you brought that up, Melissa. And it's, it's, it's uh, scary, I guess, too. Like if you're alone and then you're reaching out, the mindset could be that you're imposing, but it's, I, I remember growing up, my family, they made so much food. Like people would come over, the neighbors, we were taking plates of food everywhere. We always tried to include as many people as we can. Maybe that's another side of that too. So you know, we keep flipping on each other. It's just as we're slowing down and like looking forward to this time, maybe if we have that time scheduled with loved ones, but even just to like look around. And I know Steve, you have that great story of even just like making eye contact with people who are serving you when you're at the store and like what a gift that can be. But to just take a step back and kind of say like, who else can I help during this time? If you are fortunate, if you do have many blessings, like let's think about who else can we extend blessings to? Who else can we see? Who else can we validate and offer them some loving kindness? Because I think it's so easy to get caught up in like what you need and what your family needs and what's going on in the moment. But this truly is that time to like call a timeout on all of that and think about like what is the most important thing. And even to your point, Giovanni, like you're starting traditions you're starting totally new traditions with your family and figuring out what that looks like. And there's some traditions like then 10 to 15 years has probably been more like a hundred years in my family. Who knows how long they've been doing that? And that's why it is special today. But somebody had to start that at some point, right? So you're just starting something new and figuring it out. And I know for you and your family, Jay, like you guys always have something beautiful, like socially conscious, like mother earth conscious in mind that is to your heart. So like to follow that and figure out like, what can we teach our daughter? That's so important that will go on for generations. And it's like, as long as it's all rooted in good and then you celebrate it and all of that, like it will continue on. It's so beautiful. Like instead of cutting a tree, plant a tree. Yeah. Right. Right. We actually, in the past, three years now we've actually rented a tree so they're already in plants so they're growing so that you actually don't cut it down and then at the end of the season you just give it back to them and then continue nurturing it to grow and then once it's too big to obviously transport they just plant it somewhere so you're actually not cutting down any tree it's pretty cool do they deliver so cool. or do you pick yeah, it up yeah totally no they deliver. sounds like giovanni <laughs> so giovanni i've never heard of that i love it what does it have yeah because well, I mean, I love it. It doesn't make sense because like you cut down a tree, even though they're mass produced, quote unquote, mass produced and it's monocultural. Usually it's like furs or something like that, but you cut it down and then it just sits there and then, yeah, it serves like a small purpose, but then it just dies and people just throw them out. 
software than you do if you talk about fake trees. Like eventually, yeah, you might use it more years, like, con- like throughout the years, but it still is will be there. And what do you do with it when you're done with it? You throw it away. It's going to sit in the landfill. So we're like, neither of those are are a solid option for us. And so just Google, good old Google, just there's tons of services everywhere and like nurseries and habit and stuff like that. And yeah, pretty cool. So that is cool. Yeah. Cause I even, I, like I said, many times on here, my wife researches a lot, but she said there's some farms, they like trim the tops of the tree so they don't kill the tree, but then they use that. But then I was always wondering like, how does that work? Cause at some point, the top of the tree is going to be so big. If you keep doing that, then no one's going to be able to put like their little star at the top. And then what do they do? I guess then they just move on to other areas, but it's, people are trying to find different ways, but I like the, the rent a tree idea. That's a great one. That's a great one. Yeah. So we're taking these things and I think sometimes we have to look back to move forward. I think we go through these blips where, some old traditions were maybe faded away, but then you brought it back uh, to life. And and that's kind of what it is. I think if you look again, going back to the beginning of this podcast, the end of the year was a time to slow down and reflect. And I think look at what all these things were doing, slowing down and reflecting and slowing down and reflecting and including like noticing our surroundings. All that takes is slowing down. You know, you might be so busy. You don't notice that your neighbor is not okay and they're alone. But if you slow down enough, then you say, Hey, we better invite them over for dinner too. They're, or this or that. These are all things that were brought up today. And I hope if you got anything from this today, it's just find the space and schedule it schedule the space to slow down enough to reflect and then make new decisions and who are you going to include and who are you going to show your love and gratitude to so that would be my one thing like so if we all like went around maybe if there's one thing you would hope or dream for anyone mine would be that you find that extra space to reflect and, and then, then you still can do whatever celebration you, you traditionally have. Like that's part of it too. I think you celebrate the year and the upcoming year, but find the time to really reflect and make new decisions. So how can you improve for the next year? What, what would you all say? What would be the one thing you'd like to leave people with in this, in this thought, these thoughts? So I was just thinking of one of the things that we do in addition to all the family together is just the something with your fourth like you do with your family and we don't do it around the solstice but we do have a whole day where we just go out in nature it might be the beach it might be the woods it might be whatever and we just spend the entire day like leave phones leave everything and just sort of immerse ourselves and just really be together like where there's maybe an activity and fun but just like conversation and like things just come up that wouldn't normally come up when you're busy. Like when there's not enough space to hear the kids random questions or like what's on their mind, like you really need to give a ton of space to have like that come out. So I think the thing that I would add this year, in addition to that would be like a whole and uninterrupted day, same thing, like immerse yourself in your business. Like what do I really want? And we did a lot of that. We're always looking at our goals and breaking it down and breaking it down. And that was something I learned from you many years ago. Like, let's just not have this big goal, this like light at the end of the tunnel. But then how do we break that down to like a daily micro moment of like, what can I do now? So that like 
you're always making progress towards whatever that bigger goal is. So I think that I'll do that this year is like a whole dedicated day just with self, with business, like with goals to really set my intentions for the next year to have all the gratitude for everything I learned this year and then figure out like, what am I going to do with that? So that would be really. I was just going to say that taking like, taking in the moments that you have, like those that we were talking about, like the family traditions of making some kind of food, like just like whatever it is, if you don't make food or anything like that, but it's like, realizing that these are the memories right and you're literally creating the memories when we're doing these things and just uh yeah as we were talking about like like it's like oh yeah like that's yeah i don't remember gifts really right it's always been about all the core memories come from like the christmas time is always about making tamales like we're always that's like the most exciting part of it like it's the making and then it's the the eating afterwards and the, the party at night and all that. That's what I always remember. I don't, I remember, like, yeah, we do gifts. Like they, we used to do gifts anyway, like the white elephant gifts or gift, just gift exchange or secret Santa or whatever. But it's always just the, I don't remember what I got, but I remember it just being the party and the family and that stuff. So I would say along with what you said, Steve, slow down and reflect, but like in the moment, just appreciate the moment because it one day will be a memory and hopefully it's a fond memory that you have well i will just add that i think i think for me it's all about and this probably comes from being in a household with a professional storyteller but i will just say share the stories like create the stories and share the stories um because to giovanni and stephanie's point when you when you take in these moments and create these memories, make sure you're sharing them because you don't realize how much history you're creating. And you look up 25 years from now, so-and-so may not be there. And yet you have all these memories, all these stories. So share the stories, take photos, make sure that you're creating the history, the memories. And if you're in a business, do the same thing. So I want to make sure I'm not just talking about your family. I'm talking about as a company, take the photos, pay for the photographer to come to the event and share the history that you're making with your company and just acknowledge those memories and the stories that you're creating together. Because I think we spend so much time with people that we work with and we often forget who contributed to the projects and the products that we are delivering to the marketplace. So take the time. It's so beautiful. And I think in all of that, you can do it for the personal and the business. If you listen to everything that we just said, and I would lean towards the personal, like design and have find your gratitude and your reflections and your choices for your personal first, and then build, then do your business reflections and things next so that you fit your life in to what you want and then build the business around that. And just to echo the story, and there's one short one. So I I totally love that, Melissa, and what a great ad at the end of this podcast. I'll I'll never forget my mom's father when, when his, him and his brother would get together around the holidays, they were so funny together. Just we, they would be telling so many stories, but there was one that's really short. My uncle used to say, 
we grew up on Tuff Street. And the further down the street you got, the tougher they got. And we lived in the last house. That's why we're so tough. And I, we all were kids and we're thinking, yeah, yeah, you, uh, you guys are tough. Okay. Like you kind of call your elders out a little bit on, yeah. But then uh, come to find out they actually did live on the last house on that street. So then you start to wonder, whoa, is it true? And then I remember because that story was told over and over and over again, that when my grandfather was getting rolled in to have open heart surgery, cause he was 99% blocked uh, his whole heart. They, and they said they didn't even know how he didn't have a heart attack. The doctor said it was like the strongest heart they ever had. And then that story like came into my head. I'm like, of course, cause he lived in the last house. And so then as they were wheeling him away, I was the last one to like hold his hand. And I said, grandpa, don't forget. You grew up on Tough Street, and the further down the street you went, the tougher they got, and you lived in the last house. I'll see you after the surgery. And he just made eye contact with me, and then they rolled him away, and he survived that. It was because I told him that story, of course. It was, it was because of that. Naturally. <laughs> No credit to the surgeon at all. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or any of that stuff. Or that my grandfather really was tough. And my grandfather really did grow up on tough street. All of that, though. But those, but look at how that, to, to Melissa's point, that story is so intertwined in our family that it was there. And it was in the last words. And I could just see the glean in his eye, even if it was a joke. I mean, I don't know all the truth of it. But I did look and they didn't live in the best area and they definitely lived in the last house. So it very well could have been true. But the reality is still it gave a gleam in his eye like when he was your mother. So those are the memories that is those are the things. So telling these amazing stories, having this time to reflect, I, I hope everyone does this and finds more meaning. I mean, that's what we're doing. Stop going with the status quo, going through the motions and slow down and recognize, recognize yourself, recognize your neighbors, recognize your loved ones, find that gratitude. We wish you all amazing, whatever you're celebrating, whatever holiday season, we include all of you and we wish all of you the best and the most blessings in your life. And we know that we're all just doing the best we can to take care of our families. And we want to honor that as well. And so go do that. Go be the best you can be. Be the best for your family. Be the best for your friends. Be the best neighbor. Be the best in the community. Show up in that way and we will have a better world. And that's it. This is what we should be striving for. So I wish everyone an amazing holiday season. And I wish... Uh, that you got a lot of value and little ideas from this. And I know there's so much more that could be said, but hopefully you got a few good ideas from this. And as always, we hope that you got tremendous value. And if you did, please join our newsletter so we can keep giving you these gifts. And all you have to do is text WOW, W-O-W, to 72,000. That's 72000, Text the word WOW. And we will add you into our newsletter at no charge. And you can get all these stories. Like Melissa said, we tell many stories, share many stories about clients and different things we do and our podcast. So we look forward to continuing to serve you in the year to come. And as always, we say, choose gratitude and create freedom. Thanks for listening. 
Thanks for listening to the More Business, More Life podcast. I hope you got value. And if you did, we have so many more things for you at stevenoplaton.com. You'll be able to connect with us on social media. We are active. You can ask us questions. And then on top of that, I want to give you a really big gift. And it truly is. We want to give so much value. We have an offering. It's a program called Clear Path to Customers. It's the same way that we attract wow clients and only working with the right people, the people we want to. And it's transformed my business into millions more in revenue with the right people and my clients. And we're doing it absolutely free. So you can go to stevenoplaton.com and grab that. You just got to put in your information. We'll send it to you promptly. And that again is on stevenoplaton.com. I look forward to having you on the next show. Until then, remember, choose gratitude and create freedom. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.